When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is 10.02 here on SENZ and uh, let's hope you're having a terrific morning and the weather's great where you are and let the weather be good for the next uh, couple of weeks at least uh, throughout the country. Please, please, Huey. Uh, but there's not a better week, and I'll be very careful how I say this, not a better week in the summer months for cross-coders, cross-coders. Uh, NRL trial games, international cricket fixtures, and the first week proper of Super Rugby Pacific all colliding for sports fans to sink their teeth into. Yep, that's the truth. While the future of Super Rugby is always in some sort of flux, the competition itself needs to nail its opening round to attract and maintain the eyeballs of a very, very busy marketplace. Jamie Wall is a fine, acclaimed sports journalist and author, applying his trade for Radio New Zealand as well, we understand. Jamie, uh, congratulations on that. But uh, first of all, whilst you're talking to us, mate, uh, Super Rugby is at an interesting stage, but I don't know if it's ever been under threat for its start from cricket, more so than perhaps this next couple of weeks. Mm. Oh, firstly, Smith, it's great to be talking with you again. Thank you very much for that. Uh, yeah, you make a really good point because this is obviously uh, the most interesting domestic uh, home home season for the Black Caps, uh, cricket-wise, that there's been for quite a while. Uh, especially now that Australia have arrived um, and the Black Caps are coming off uh, that historic Test Series win. Yes, OK, it was against the uh, South African C team, they're saying, but still, like, there's a lot of momentum kind of feels there for the Black Caps. And also the uh, coverage that it's been getting, obviously, being on free-to-air TV uh, and having the radio commentary back, which have been been uh, a part of, has uh, really increased the, the level of interest in it. So how Super Rugby finds itself uh, at the moment is a very I, I'd stop short of saying it's precarious uh, but at the same time it's probably not where it wants to be uh, given that this this year is supposed to be a bit of a refresh you know like they've come out um, with a new brand campaign which is actually really good in my opinion I think they've taken the the most unique aspect uh, that they've got uh, around the competition um, and and utilise that really well in their ad campaign. Um, and also there's just an, a massive amount of turnover uh, in the teams. Obviously, it's the year after a World Cup, so a lot of senior All Blacks have moved. But also there is there have been quite a few coaching changes. So there's like quite a few question marks over uh, where the teams are at. It, it, you know, we've been saying for, for a number of years now, like is this you know the year that the Crusaders finally uh, fall off their perch? We've been 
wrong every year because they've, they've still managed to win. I don't want to write them off um, right now, but really it's going to be really interesting to see see how they go. So, uh, yeah, it's, there's a lot, there's plenty plenty to talk about, but it's just like who's going to be watching what on Friday night is going to be quite an interesting um, interesting story, I think. Yeah, it is actually, and and if you do watch, of course, you'll be watching the Chiefs against the Crusaders, who, in my opinion, are, are the two best franchises in the last three to four years in this country, just on results alone, but on talent too. But as you say, this is a new Crusaders. This is the Rob Penny era, um, you know, uh, and this is a Crusaders side without the reliable Sam Whitelock to go to, without Richie Moanga, without others. What are you picking here first up? Yeah, I'd have to say that the, the Chiefs are in a really good position to put a bit of revenge on the Crusaders. Obviously, it's not going to make up for losing the final uh, last year. But also, you have to remember last year, this was the first fixture of last year as well, and the Chiefs went down to Christchurch and handed the Crusaders, I think, their biggest ever home loss. Uh, so, you know, they've got that to draw on. It just kind of feels like the Chiefs, while they have lost some experience themselves, and you mentioned those guys from the Crusaders, like, yeah, that's like 500 games or so worth of experience mm-hmm. has gone uh, offshore. <clears throat> and the Chiefs have, to be fair, lost both of their captains. It just kind of feels like they can absorb uh, the the those guys, Sam Kane and Brad Weber in particular, and Brody Retallick leaving probably a bit better than the other teams um can because they have that depth you know like if you talk about who's replacing Retallick you've got uh, um, Josh Lord who's played test rugby you've got um, Natoya Akoi who's really promising and Naki Selby Rickett all you know really good solid players uh, and alongside Tupo Vai uh, as well who's also an all-black um, and you have Kalen Boshier and Cortez Ratima who have big raps on um, both of them uh, so and and the rest of the Chiefs don't really it's not really that different but the key thing for me about the Chiefs is that they've got the same coach they've got Clayton McMillian who has uh, really committed to this this program like he's not he's like basically the only coach in New Zealand who hasn't been linked um, to some sort of all black coaching ticket which I think is a really really important thing for the Chiefs because it means that they can count on him not you know thinking that he's going anywhere else you know he wants to win a title with these guys He's locked in, you know, like I'm sure he has higher aspirations in the future, but for now, all he cares about is winning a title with the Chiefs. And I think that's a really uh, unique position that they're in because I don't think any other yeah. uh, uh, team can, can say that, at least over the last few years, even the Crusaders, because, you know, Scott Robertson made, uh, wasn't hiding the fact that he won the all Black job. He was not. Um, he made that very plain, very simple, quite a long way out, actually. And, uh, of course... Uh, in the end, he got what he wanted, and uh, that's because he was the best super coach uh, the f- well, the game's seen, uh, no doubt about it. Okay, let's uh, talk about other new coaches within the, the New Zealand rank in particular. Clark Laidlaw, Brad Shields combo. Brad Shields captain. Uh, they head off to Perth to start off their campaign against the force, which on paper might be a cushy start, but might not be too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know a great deal about the force. Um, they, uh, they, they might be good. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, all I know is, is that the Hurricanes have a guy who was coaching them, who uh, was, you know, had success uh, in his previous job. But that job was essentially coaching another sport. Uh, how hmm. Clark Layden was transitioned to coaching a full fifteen-a-side team uh, that has is 
uh, has senior All Blacks in it uh, who are pro- who have been there, done that with other coaches before, uh, and what sort of input they're having into the discussion, as well as Shields himself. And you, and you mentioned Brad Shields, like he's returned um, to the Hurricanes after a period overseas and everything, and and I think he's you know the right man to be to be leading this team because he's going to be on the field all the time. Uh, and he's got that experience and seniority and uh, knows a few tips and tricks that he's picked up playing in England as well. But just how that dynamic works, like uh, especially because across history, um, the Hurricanes feel like they've been a very player-led team um, anyway, and often to their kind of detriment. Uh, don't want to get too far back into history over it, but I, I feel like this could either go two, two ways on this. Uh, and, and I think that the Hurricanes draw, like is, they've got a very nice start uh, with the force, and I, I think it's the Reds in their second game. Uh, so, you know, they could get off to a really good start here, and it's just a case of, like, how they build on it and how they maintain, um, uh, you know, a d- decent amount of cohesion around who is essentially a, a rookie coach. It is. It's an intriguing mix, actually, how they're pulling this together and, and how it's going to unfold. And uh, I'm not sure about the Hurricanes. I think it's one of the big question mark seasons for the Hurricane, as it is again, uh, I guess, for the Blues under Vern Cotter. They've lost Paddy Tuopolotu for a, a, a space and time, which is not a good loss before you even uh, kick a ball. Uh, uh, but again, Perifeta. Perifeta at 10 could be a big key for them. Yeah, yeah, I think um, the only major player, like, obviously Paddy getting injured, like he's going to be back. Like that's he hasn't. It's not like he's left. Uh, so and they do have some good promising talent, but you're you're repl- uh, at lock. Uh, but you're replacing a guy like Paddy who's played a lot um, with guys who are sort of just starting their careers. So you know that's that's one thing that they they need to kind of overcome before. Paddy gets back, but I think all the parts are there for the Blues. I'm feeling quite good about them um, this year. I felt pretty good about them for the last three years, though, and they and they've you know they haven't been able to actually convert uh, all the stuff that's been in their favour into a title win. But I think maybe just with uh, a coach, this coaching change, and Vercott has been around a lot. Like we talk about, Clyde Lally having no experience in this area. Vercott has got so much; it's it's ridiculous. Like he's been coaching at the top level for like 20 years now overseas. Uh, the feedback we've had from the players that he's he's very uh, up front, he knows what he wants. He's not there to um, muck around um, and stroke any egos or anything, which is kind of nice to hear that from the players, that they, they've taken that on board and then they, they know that in order to win this thing, it's just going to be a lot of hard work. And if they get out of line, they're probably going to find themselves sitting in the stands watching. So, uh, again, I think that um, the, the Blues have quite a, quite a good draw as well um, to start. They've got a re- pretty tough run run into the playoffs. Uh, but by then they would have hopefully picked up quite a bit of momentum um, that maybe that they that they had not last year, the year before, that saw them go all the way to the final. Jamie, normally I would be thinking to myself um, to strike um, perhaps Moana Pacifica while they're getting organised under a new coach in Tanaumanga might not be a bad sort of start, but I also but I'm a bit wary for Clark Dermody and the Highlanders that this could be a really tough game first up for them down there and, and at Forsyth Barra. If Moana Pacific have, have found their flavour uh, under Tana Umanga, uh, they're almost co-favourites for this game for me. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. Like along with the Chiefs and Crusaders uh, game, this is probably the most interesting one of the weekend. I, I think because it's going to tell us a lot about both teams, no matter what uh, happens. Um, yes, Moana have had a massive cleanout. Like I, I, uh, I think it's 20, 20 new players, and eleven of them eleven of them haven't played Super Rugby before. So they've got that um, to overcome. Plus, moving their home base from Mount Smart all the way up to North Shore. So, it kind of feels like a whole new, like a completely new team, uh, in a way. Um, I, you know, I because they've got so many new players, it's really hard to kind of get a gauge on just exactly where where, they, where they're at at the moment. But the Highlanders, I mean, like if they had Aaron Smith and Shannon Frizzell playing the way he was last year, mm-hmm. and they couldn't make the playoffs, I'm very worried about what what's going to happen this year. Like, their team is very young. Yes, they've had a good good couple of results in pre-season, um, which, is, which is good for them. Um, I don't think the teams that they beat are really that, that worried because it doesn't really mean anything to them. But, like, for, the, for both of these teams, every game is crucial. You know, the Highlanders have to knock off uh, one of the other New Zealand teams at some point. Um, the one thing that's going to be in their favour is you're probably going to see a, a lot of the All Blacks getting rested throughout the season. And if they strike one of the other teams while they're doing <clears throat> a rest period for their All Blacks, like that's their chance to to, to pull off an upset. And for more, uh, pardon me, for Moana, again, like they they kind of just need to win everything. They've got a, quite a nice block of run games in the middle. I think they've got four in a row against um, the Australian opposition. Which you know, if they can pull those off, that'll be enough to you know keep them safe, keep them off the bottom of the table. Because if they end up last uh, this year, there's just going to be some serious question marks over the viability uh, of them. Um, we've already seen what's happened with the Rebels, where the slightest st- uh, bit of instability that creeps in um, to uh, to one of these teams um, just leads to a, a, a real media frenzy, like and the sort of media attention that these guys just really don't want. Like, I don't want to have to go out to Moana this year and ask these guys, like, hey, do you think you're going to have a job? next year uh it's it's really that simple and and you know and it, and if the highlanders end up just bombing out as well there's going to be some real question marks over like well what's the future of this this team you know does this need to be cleaned out as well because i've already just gone through one uh and their biggest problem is attracting um experienced uh, elite level players they're, they're good at getting young guys in um and training them up and having them go off to other teams uh, and all go overseas, uh, but them them being a consolidated team is a real challenge uh, for them. So yeah, interesting times ahead for both of these sides. If you look at the Australian franchises, uh, Jamie, uh, we've got the Brumbies under Stephen Larkin, who traditionally are their best bet. Uh, do you see any likelihood of it being a non-New Zealand winner to this competition this far out? Uh, I I have faith in the Brumbies. I think that they're, they've they've definitely got um, a, a very solid uh, team over there. They just kind of need a, like one or two real game breakers in their team to to just push them to the next level. Like I I would feel if I were them feel fairly confident of like making the semi-finals like they did um, last year. They didn't get there by accident, mm. you know. Like they 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 are a good side. Like they're well coached. Uh, they have good players in key positions. They just kind of need that little bit extra to really get over the line. The key for them is playing at home. Um, you know, like it is Canberra is still a very difficult place uh, for the for the New Zealand teams to go over uh, and play it. 
so the Brumbies will be fancy, fancying the chances um, when they draw the New Zealand teams over there. As for the rest of the sides, like uh, New South Wales just seem too young. Um, again, uh, the Reds, again, another coaching change. So it's going to be interesting to see. Like they, again, they, they've got some, some decent players in there. If they can kind of just figure out what they're trying to do, uh, under under their new coaching regime, then they could be quite threatening. They did, you know, have some really good performances to watch. And then the Rebels and the Force. I mean, well, the Rebels, I mean, I guess, you know, <laughs> playing rugby is probably the, not the top of mind for these guys. It's just like, what, uh, you know, if they're going to have a job um, next year. And the Force, <laughs> uh, the Force, you know, they'll they'll pull up, they'll 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 pull off a couple of home wins. At the end, of, you know, it's the sort of game that the Highlanders are probably, you know, really targeting as as must wins, I guess. Rightio. Okay, then uh, your other subject. I know you love your cricket. Um, are you looking forward to this the next two or three weeks? Uh, the next two or three weeks and that as well. And uh, looking at the other um, the other eye that you, I guess, you've got to spread your talents far and wide. But uh, what are you thinking about the Black Caps in Australia? Yeah, yeah, I am really looking forward to this. This is the, this is the highlight of the summer uh, uh, for me. Probably may, might end up being the highlight of the sporting year. To be to be honest, like if the if the Black Caps can actually pull this off. Uh, I I think that um, the West Indies did us no favours at all by beating Australia in that test match because it's meant that mm. they now are taking this extremely seriously because they've got an eye on that World Test Championship and it, they feel they need they <clears throat> feel as though they need to probably win out uh, from here in order to defend that. Um, uh, the T20 series itself, like I'm, you know, it's T20 uh, if, if the pitches suit uh, the New Zealand bowlers then um, I think that we've got, a, we've got a decent chance but man I mean look, looking at that Australian lineup, I mean Glenn Maxwell could probably win a game by himself uh, at the moment this mm. sort of form he's in so I mean uh, the biggest question mark over him is if he has something to drink and falls into the harbour or something because like, he's, <laughs> he's had such a rotten run of luck on the boost so um, maybe something like that will happen and, and work in the Black Hips over. <laughs> Someone organise him a game of golf because he's not good on golf carts either. Uh, <laughs> real quick, smart. You're right, Jamie. No, you're absolutely right. Hey, great to catch up with you, mate, after all, all this time. Enjoy uh, the start to Super Rugby this weekend. Uh, I shall be watching. Uh, it's just at the moment my, my, my sporting brain is still summer, still logged into summer. And uh, even though summer does mean the start of rugby, uh, as you say, the highlight of uh, our sporting year could be that. Cheers, man. Thank you. Have a good weekend. No worries, Matthew. Talk to you, man.